we continue in Chovat Halvavot. And I'm skipping the second chapter in the th- second volume on Bechina, on examination. And I'll just summarize to say here the Chovat Halvavot says that is it a duty uncommon upon Israel, upon human beings to examine the works of creation like I don't want to say like study science but to study science to spend time focusing on the wonders of the natural world and the answer is an absolute yes he says it's what distinguishes us from the animals and he says basically like this is the essence of a person Lahavdil the Aristotle said like the ideal life was a life of contemplation and from the perspective of Torah, there's a truth to that. Like the Zohar says, why did the God create the world? Begin the that in order that the whole world was created, that we should get to know God. Because as we've said many times, Hashem is absolutely inscrutable in his essence and overwhelming in his power. So the world serves almost as like a screen so that we can comprehend God in a calm, slow, ordered, uh, gentle way, like the world almost like slows down the God's infinite power and gives us a suspension in time and space, so to speak, so that we can handle the contemplation of Hashem. Like this is the whole function of the world. So this is the whole reason we're existing in this world. The soul comes from an extremely heavenly place so why come down here into a body? And the answer is for a deeper investigation of Hashem, so to speak. While on the one hand in this world we are so far from the, so to speak, heat and intensity and radiation of the true light of Hashem, or the deeper, more powerful lights of Hashem, but it's brought in many, many sources, especially in Chabad sources, but really in any serious work, that in this world although the light is so dark compared to the higher and higher spheres of existence, yet it's in this world that, paradoxically, with all its darkness and evil, we can understand Hashem in the deepest way possible. So he brings from logic that we are absolutely required to constantly meditate on the wonders of creation in order to learn about the Creator. And he brings many verses to support this fact and many statements from the rabbis. But we go now to chapter 3. After proving, basically, that it is definitely a requirement that we are constantly focusing on noticing the wonders of creation all around us and to be focused on that, you know? Instead of ruminating about what was on TV, what did this celebrity do, we could spend our time a better way. We could constantly focus on the wonders of creation all around us and do that in a constant way. It's brought in the book Derech Mitzvotecha from the Tzemach Sedach, um, Hasidic Kabbalistic explanations of the different mitzvot, that one of the verses says, that you should return it to your heart uh, every day. That Hashem, He's one in the heavens and the earth. There's really nothing but Hashem. And he says, this is a mitzvah. 
think he says it's one of the 613 mitzvahs. One of the 613 basic mitzvahs is to constantly, he says, to constantly focus on how Hashem is creating everything around you with his word, ex nihilo, from nothing to something, so to speak. It is a duty, just as you have to put on tefillin and keep Shabbat, you also are required to strive to always be focusing on noticing how Hashem is constantly creating your reality with so much wisdom. And what the Chobot HaLavavot is saying is that the details of that mitzvah require a person to constantly investigate, like, wow, what are the properties of these or that creations? And look, it, just a big disclaimer, it doesn't mean that we all have to go get science degrees. Ideally, a person with a science degree in his field of specialty of science just knows tremendously more detail of the wisdom of the creator and this or that science that he's studying. But all of us can be contemplators. All of us can think as he's about to lay out, well, maybe I don't know, you know, the minerals and atoms that go into this or that chemical process, or I don't understand electromagnetic forces and these things. I'm happy for people that do, but I can still contemplate all the time as a mitzvah, as a service to the creator, as a betterment of the world, that I am a being with consciousness constantly meditating on, wow, just, it's very amazing how from one seed these huge trees come, which can then produce more seeds, and so really from one seed a whole forest can can come out. Wow, how is it that human beings with their language create societies that evolve, and you just look at the evolution of society over time, wow, it's really amazing. Like, I don't need a book. I don't have to only look at history according to how a textbook describes it. I can take from this and that book and think for myself, what do I think are the historical patterns? What does the Torah say are the historical patterns? Just to appreciate the wonders all around us in our own special way, that's really what we're supposed to do. That's our unique appreciation of the wonders of creation. So it doesn't have to be with a PhD. You know, it doesn't have to be at an extremely advanced specialized level in order to be called contemplation of the wonders of creation. If somebody wants to pursue it that way, that's amazing. And that's what their calling is. But it doesn't have to be. It can be absolutely a spiritual constant act of focusing and meditating on the wonders of creation. So he says... That we're, we're required to put forth an effort to think deeply about all the corners of the world that we experience and to think about all the ways that this world produces product after product. People form businesses and all of a sudden it changes the community and that's called a product. Families, a man and a wife get together and have children and create families, raise communities, or people do negative things and these are the, these are the outcomes. A person wants to do that on a very small scientific level just to look at how things get together and their processes and effects. 
and to think about all the different amazing ways that elements can combine. Physical elements, social elements, emotional elements, computer elements, whatever type of element you want to talk about, and how all these different types of combinations can create positive or negative effects. And to look at the signs of wisdom in everything, to look at the golden ratio, to notice the golden ratio in different shells, to notice patterns, to notice spirals, to notice different signs of wisdom. Wow, look at my hand. How wise has it been made? Look what I can do with it. To notice the different to notice the different images of things. Wow, such beautiful form, such beautiful structure. Even if I don't even notice some type of benefit coming from that form, but just that it's beautiful to me. Wow, that tree is really, really beautiful. It's just it's just beautiful. Maybe that beauty has something to do with its perfect form and its environment, but I don't know that. I don't have enough background information to appreciate it on that level, but I can just appreciate its beauty. And to try to the best of our ability to think, wow, everything has been created with a purpose. Just to notice how beautifully everything fits together. Like, wow, that material is perfect for pottery. It really holds potted plants well. Wow, that steel it really upholds and makes cars work. Wow, that silicone, it can make computers. Like, how is that? That's amazing. How are the, all these different materials? And they can, like, perfectly work to make all the technology around us. Like, why should that be? That we have these materials that perfectly support our ongoing technological advancement. That's amazing. How is it that uh, the atmosphere and the temperature is so perfect to support life on this planet. It's amazing. And we can just think on and on. Instead of ruminating about our worries or things that are negative, we're supposed to say, and he's going to explain this, that this is a big evil inclination. A big evil inclination is that we, set, we spend so much time worrying about the past and the future that we neglect, that we should be spending time on this, not checking our Facebook, not, not getting caught in some pointless time wasted on some pointless entertainment or worry. When we have a lot of free time, we need to just be sitting here thinking about this. And we can turn it into prayers, you know, all day. Either we, we, either we verbalize the prayer or uh, think about it in our hearts even. Just when we do these investigations, we notice something amazing. Wow. Look at the way that a light bulb can create and pull into it such gentle light to light something up in a very exact way. Wow, Hashem, you made such an amazing world. So many light bulbs everywhere. Yeah, I mean, these are just the things I'm noticing when I'm walking around. You know, person should and could do that. Be a much happier existence than worrying about uh, what negative thing happened on the news or what this celebrity said, etc.
And to think about the exalted spirituality of this world. Like, and that's mainly in the collective consciousness of people. Like, wow, there is so much spirituality hidden and tucked away in this world, mainly inside the brains of people. But like, wow, there's this collective human consciousness that is shaping this world all the time. And that collective human consciousness, which is shaping the world all the time, is just the tip of the iceberg of the deeper and deeper levels of spirituality that are hidden and inherent in this world, which tuck themselves away and hide themselves inside of the everyday rational thinking processes of people. Like, truly, the way that all the different minds of all the different people in this world are interacting, speaking, connecting, communicating to constantly change the world, update society, update their own individual lives. That experience is really the realm of angels and worlds beyond imagination that in a miraculous way tuck themselves inside of our own brains such that we have to realize the main way, in a sense, The main way that the creator is managing this creation is in the thoughts that he's sending to each person all the time. It says, On the path that a person wants to walk, they take him. Who's they? They are the angels. They are God's spiritual messengers. Because, see, listen, the mind itself of each individual and the collective mind of humanity, we don't create our thoughts. We don't create our needs. We don't create what motivates us. Oh, I had a thought to go here versus, oh, I had a thought to go there. And I select one or the other. Well, the selection of one thought or the other, that is the arena of free choice. That is the selection between the Yetzirah Tov and the Yetzirah between the good and evil inclination. But the inclinations themselves, and I've talked about this many times, the inclinations themselves come from Hashem, either through good or bad angels. One comes to guide us, and one comes to test us and try to destroy us by giving us bad advice. So free will is in the thoughts which we select to pursue and act upon. But the thoughts themselves don't come from us, so right there, there's absolutely free will. Yet, the choice and selection that we choose to pursue with free will is based on choices that are coming from beyond us anyway. And so I'm just telling you that in a deep, mysterious place, it is in the minds and in the inclinations and in the inner struggles of people where vast universes of angels and spiritual inputs is mainly playing in. And just because you say, oh, How can there be vast universes of spiritual management? Like a great code, a great system, which is actually from a hidden covert place running the whole world. Not to sound like paranoid, but this is just what it is. This is really how a collective human mind can be that which is shaping the course of history because within the field or the space 
of the collective human mind is really in many, many ways where these vast systems of angels and spiritual forces are playing their role because the external world that we see around us stays mostly steady, but it's in the field of the collective human mind and of the individual human mind where there is furious change happening all the time, pushing history forward. And so this is really where, within the field of the mind itself, where the great processes and mechanics of divine providence are taking place in the collective mind and heart. So this is what I think he means when he's talking about to meditate on the deep spirituality of this world. Besides all that, of course, of course, every physical item is a physical conglomeration or congealment of spiritual forces that, that uh, create them. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the physical world stands as an entity on its own. God forbid to say that. Everything is rooted in spiritual realms. Of course. I'm just, my point I'm saying is that if we want to contemplate spiritual realms, it's, I believe it's better to do so by focusing on how the spiritual realms are playing in and affecting the human mind and the human heart and the collective human consciousness. That's where we see much more dynamic change, much more dynamic divine supervision within each person's thoughts, within collective thoughts, within collective emotions, within how societies are behaving because of collective feelings and collective thoughts. And that's really where it's much more readily apparent the direct supervision of the spiritual forces is in collective human behavior, actually. And in individual relationships, networking, how did, how did my life turn around because I met this person? It changed my life because that was God's supervision on that person doesn't change my life so much that, oh, I saw that tree today. Oh, I saw that tree today. Maybe it could be you could see something so wondrous in a certain scene in nature that it changes your life. And maybe it could, but, but it's not the norm. The norm is that the divine supervision, the direct supervision on a person is usually in the realm of human relationships. you know, earning money, getting married, these sorts of things where we, we have the creator supervision on us is in the social sphere. But again, of course, we can, if we're on an advanced level at least, we can try to meditate on the spirituality and all the objects around us as well. How spirituality is manifesting and congealing as physicality and how that teaches us about the creator's powers which we talked about last time and focus on that perfect to try to intuit and try to imagine and contemplate that perfect outcome that all the processes and all the items in this universe that we've ever experienced in this lifetime and across our lifetimes and collectively to contemplate 
hey, let's look at all of this now as a collective. Let's try to think, yeah, there's all these amazing, beautiful processes. This individual process is so amazing. This individual process or item or phenomenon is so amazing. But let's think, again, you might call it an amateur level, or you might call it just as an individual deep intuition for a person in his own unique way to think about how are all these processes working together to produce one miraculous final goal, which is called the end goal of creation, the times of Mashiach, the times of Messiah, the perfection of the universe, Olam Haba. How are all these processes that I've ever noticed and that I'm noticing now, how can I intuit how they're all driving towards one final goal? To me, this one especially is like, how can I sit here all day and think about how each individual process is leading towards Mashiach, is leading towards Messiah? First of all, I can barely even grasp everything that's happening all around me right now Tremendous, tremendous detail, information, spiritual processes happening around me in one split second. The next split second, they're gone, and it's a whole new combination, permutation of processes, which I can barely hang on to what happened a second ago, and now I don't even know what's happening now, and then the moment's gone. So it's not, obviously, we're not Hashem, we're not angels, we can't ever imagine trying to fully understand all the details going on around us. Again, could be certain Kabbalists could, certain prophets could. It says King Shlomo, he could hear the language of the trees, the language of the animals. Not that they suddenly started speaking English, but he could sense, he was so plugged in, his consciousness was so intense, so hyper-aware, he really could appreciate in one moment, he could hear the creation speaking. He could hear the divine code working within creation. He could hear how all things were communicating and he could really penetrate with his higher awareness, with his third eye, with his deep wisdom, which is way beyond any scientific quest, but just is an extremely high, updated, enlightened consciousness that was seeing the creation just buzzing with activity and he could hear how the angels were really communicating to each other through the medium of the universe through the medium ultimately of the physical world like the physical world of some type of great instrument resonating and vibrating with communication he actually could pick up on all those details all the time okay we're not doing that But we can still, from a place of intuition, try to say, wow, somehow all these people moving around and all these natural processes unfolding and unfolding and it's incessantly unfolding, they're all driving towards a goal. And I can just at least sense that, try to let it wash over me, try to appreciate that it's true, believe that it's true, and catch a glimpse of it even if I don't have all the details like King Shlomo. Okay, so we only did one paragraph just to finish it up.
That here's the bottom line. In every detail of creation, the Creator distributed all of the different parts of creation that they should be, that nothing should be superfluous, everything should be perfectly designed to play an interactive role with everything else. Such that the whole world, he just, the, the Rebbein of Akai just said it, the whole world is a great instruction tool to teach us about the wisdom of the Creator. How the Creator is one. How the Creator, with so many merit, merit, uh, multifaceted items, is using them all as part of one unified system, one unified intention to bring the world to perfection and in the contemplation and realization and consciousness of this fact, we learn deeper and deeper about the unity of the Creator. So, in other words, it's a Jewish value, it's a duty in Torah for an Israeli who is following the Torah, that as part of the commandments, we are required to, at our own level and in our own way, constantly meditate on how every detail of our life is working together with all the other details of our life for amazing purposes in intercooperation in interaction with each other to bring out the best results the perfect perfection of all creations and that by studying this and just contemplating it even in very abstract ways but to whatever extent we can or in very detailed ways if we're science oriented but in every way we can, we are to try to see and spend our time focusing on the amazing interactive wisdom of creation and how all of it teaches us about Hashem the Creator.